Following on from uh, last week's discussion, I think we ended with um, the major sin number 23, which is theft and stealing. This is considered a major sin. Why is it a major sin? Why is it a major? Why is stealing a major sin? How do we know it's a major sin? Injustice. There are other types of injustice. Riba is injustice. It's not a major sin. Not like stealing. Maybe we should start all over again. <laughs> what is the definition of a major sin? That is why it's a major sin. So we are going over the, for those who have not joined us before, we're going over the major sins. And this is a book of Imam al-Dhahabi, rahmatullah alayhi, titled Al-Kaba'ir, The Major Sins. And we have said previously on many occasions that the definition of a major sin is every sin for which Allah or his messenger have placed a warning. Either it is a warning that there is punishment in the hereafter. You know this is a major sin. Or a specific punishment for a specific action or sin. Or that there is a capital punishment in this world, such as the thief, um, the hand of the thief is cut. Obviously there are conditions for it. Uh, but essentially that is the command of the Quran so that is a major sin or if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or his messenger curse someone for a particular action for example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger says that may the curse of Allah be on the men who imitate women and the women who imitate men so since the curse of Allah is mentioned with this specific sin it will be considered what a major sin and so last week, um, we said that stealing is a major sin for which there is a, a capital punishment stipulated clearly in the Quran uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That the hand of the uh, thief, man or woman, will be cut. And we uh, mentioned an example of this in the time of Rasulullah where a woman's hand was um, the capital punishment was exercised on her for borrowing things and not returning them, taking things without an intention to return them. Following from that, the 24th major sin is tariq, which is um, the people who menace travelers, you know, highwaymen. It's not a crime that is common today, or at least not in our... <laughs> in, in in, in the West because of, alhamdulillah, a certain amount of uh, security and presence of police or what have you. But we know of this in our countries that, you know, people will travel and in certain places um, you can be stopped and 
you know, your wealth can be taken, you can be injured, attacked, at times even killed. So this is a greater uh, sin than the stealing because uh, in it there is the terrifying of, uh, you know, causing people uh, harm by making them terrified and scared, right? So scaring people, this is one, and then injuring people, and then taking people's belongings, and at times even taking their lives. And so this is, uh, he mentioned this separate from stealing because it's not the same. Um, actually, it is a sin that covers a number of um, individual sins, and each one of them uh, are, uh, is a major sin. So stealing is a major sin. Injuring someone is a major sin. Uh, in an attack, killing someone is a major sin. And so he mentions this. We don't want to uh, dwell on it so much because um, even he, he, he doesn't go into detail, but he mentions it because it's related to the previous um, subject or matter or the previous major sin. But a, a very important verse here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, إِنَّمَا جَزَاءُ الَّذِينَ يُحَارِبُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَسْعَوْنَ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَسَادًا أَنْ يُقَتَّلُوا أَوْ يُصَلَّبُوا أَوْ تُقَطَّعَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ مِنْ خِلَافٍ أَوْ يُنْفَوْ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ That the penalty of those who wage war against Allah and His Messenger and spread mischief in land, corruption in land, spread corruption in inland. Those who wage war against Allah and His Messenger, anyone who is disobedient to Allah and His Messenger is waging war against Allah and His Messenger. Or spread mischief in the land, meaning spread corruption in the land. What is their penalty? Allah subhanahu wa says, أَنْ يُقَتَّلُوا Number one is death. أَوْ يُصَلَّبُوا Or they are to be crucified. أَوْ تُقَطَّعَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ مِنْ خِلَافٍ or their hands and feet will be cut on opposite sides. So if you cut the right hand, you will cut the left foot. And if you cut the left foot, you will cut the right, I mean the left hand, you will cut the, cut the right foot. Or they are to be expelled from the land, right? Banished. They are to be asked to, to leave, never to return. And so this is a very stern punishment and Allah says, um, They will have humiliation. They will uh, have to face consequence in this world by the major punishment, capital punishment being applied on them. And then they will be humiliated because everybody will know. And number three, Allah says they have a major punishment in the hereafter. And so you know that, you see that the capital punishment in the Qur'an uh, is really in, in favor of society and humanity, right? Despite, you know, it's, it's going to be obviously um, harmful uh, for, for the person who's, uh, who it is implemented on. However, the intention of all of this or the... Um, the reasoning behind it is to have safety and peace and security on earth. That's what Allah Azza wa wants. Because without safety and without security, then Islam will not prosper. People are afraid. And if people are afraid, then one of the 
uh, excuses for not going for Salatul Jama'ah is fear. If you're afraid, if you're afraid to come out of your home at night and you fear that you are going to be stopped or attacked by somebody, and then the, the, the ruling of attending Salah falls. Why? Because you cannot be asked. So what Islam intends to do is to have a peaceful and secure environment where the uh, human being or the believers will thrive and will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the, the capital punishment is very severe. Um, Imam al-Zahbi rahmatullah says that in this verse Allah mentions um, yuqattalu, death penalty, yusallabu, crucifying, which is more uh, harsher punishment than death. Hands and feet are uh, cut or being banished. So th four different options. And so Abdullah bin Abbas anhu says, anhuma, says that it is up to the judge to make a decision depending on how um, great the crime is. And according to other ulamas, they say, they say that actually no, one of them is Imam Shafi'i who says no, these are not three options or four options. These are different punishments for different crimes. And so the person who just scares people is to be banished because this is the least of the crimes, right? He doesn't do anything. He stops a person, but he doesn't do anything to them. He doesn't hurt them physically. He doesn't take any, any of their belongings and allows them to go. This person is to be banished. If a person steals, then their hands and feet have to be cut. If a person commits murder without taking anything, then they are to be killed. And if a person commits murder and takes the property of the person he killed, then that person is to be killed and crucified for three days. And so the reason I mentioned this is you see how Mufassirin um, uh, understand the verse of the Quran in a different manner. Right? They have, uh, you know, it's the same verse of the Quran. And often we say, oh, why are there differences? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times has not very clearly specified. He gives you the options and then it's for you to decide uh, in accordance to the um, gui guidelines of Sharia which um, of these options are to be taken. And this is actually um, not only, does not only refer to the capital punishment, but it even it refers to the commands of Allah Azza wa in the Quran. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, They follow the best of the speech, meaning the best uh, admonish, uh, admonishment of the Quran or the best advice of the Quran or the best instructions of the Quran. And so you have Quran, you have Hassan, and you have Ahsan. An example is a person who only does the obligations, this person is doing Hassan, he's doing good. But the one who does the obligations and then does voluntary and does nawafil, this is what? Ahsan, this is the, a, a better level, right? And we will see another example of this, inshallah, further on. So, uh, major sin number 24, it is uh, attacking or uh, being a menace to people on, who, are, who are traveling and causing them uh, physical um, and financial harm. Uh, number 25, 
and this is an important one. This is al yaminul ghamus the engulfing oath. Right? When a person knows that they are lying, but they swear by Allah in order to deceive others. So I know that what I'm, the statement that I'm making is a lie, but I will swear by Allah and I will say, Wallah, in order to deceive the person because the, the other person is a believer. And so if I swear by Allah, they're automatically going to accept what, what I say. The reason it is called the oath, the engulfing oath, al yaminul ghamus because it will take um, the, the owner of this oath, the person who makes this oath will be placed in, in hellfire. And so to evidence that this is a major sin, he brings, uh, Imam Dhabi rahmatullahi brings a verse of Surah Ali Imran, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَشْتَرُونَ بِعَهْدِ اللَّهِ وَإِيمَانِهِمْ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا أُولَٰئِكَ لَا خَلَاقَ لَهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَلَا يُكَلِّمُهُمُ اللَّهُ وَلَا يَنظُرُ إِلَيْهِمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَا يُزَكِّيهِمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ That um, the meaning of this verse is that the people who trade the promise to Allah or the covenant to Allah for a very uh, cheap price. So the covenant of Allah here means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded all previous nations or revealed to all previous nations and previous messengers that if Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is to come, then they are to follow him. Right? And there is a description of Rasulullah sallallahu the Yahud received description, the Nasara received description by Isa alayhi salam, by Musa alayhi uh, salam. And so this is a, a, an agreement that the Anbiya made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they took an oath upon this that if in my time Musa if in my time Muhammad sallallahu is to come then I will follow him and Isa likewise if in my time Muhammad sallallahu is to come then I will follow the sharia of Muhammad sallallahu because he is the, the seal of all prophets and the leader of all prophets and messengers and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the people of the book that they have description of Rasulullah and they have made promise that they will follow Muhammad وسلم, when um, I send him to, to this world, uh, but yet they, they refuse to do that. And so they are uh, um, trading the promise of Allah for some worldly benefit. So this is one group of people. The second group is وَأَيْمَانِهِمْ Meaning that those who sell short their oaths, they swear by Allah in order to gain some worldly material, right? some worldly gain. Allah says, They have no portion in the hereafter. There is nothing for them in the hereafter. Allah will not speak to them. وَلَا يَنظُرُ إِلَيْهِمْ And he will not look at them يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the day of judgment وَلَا يُزَكِّيهِمْ And he will not cleanse them Meaning he will not forgive their sin أُولَٰئِكَ لَا They have no portion in the hereafter وَلَا يُكَلِّمُهُمُ اللَّهِ Allah will not speak to them Meaning that Allah will not speak to them in a, 
manner that is pleasing to them. Doesn't mean that Allah will not speak to them. Allah is going to judge them. But He will not speak to them in a pleasing way. He will not look at them with the sight of mercy. Allah sees everyone and everything at all times. But Allah will not gaze at them with mercy. And He will not purify them of their, skin, of, of their sins. And they have a severe punishment. So this is um, the evidence that uh, swearing by Allah when you know that your oath is uh, in vain and it is uh, on a false statement, uh, then this is a major sin. And it is said that uh, this verse of Ali Imran was revealed. Two people came to Rasulullah and they were, one made a claim against the other. And it was about a state, piece of land. And so some, somebody made a claim, you have a claimant, and you have the defendant. The rule of Sharia is the one who makes a claim to the judge has to bring evidence. So if I say this belongs to me and I'm stood in court, then the judge will say, what is your evidence? What are your witnesses? Two witnesses required. If you don't have evidence, then the judge then does what? Well, in, in, in this law, if you don't have witness, then you've lost. But in, in the law of Sharia, the judge will then ask the defendant to swear by Allah that the, the, the claim against him is a false claim. Understood? So let's say, for example, me and uh, Imran, I go to a judge and I say, uh, this is my phone. He says, do you have two witnesses? I say, no. He says to Imran, swear by Allah that this is yours. And he says, I swear by Allah, it's mine. That's it. It has to be given to him. Automatically. But what happens here is that if you don't have witnesses, the person can lie. And when they lie, they are going to do this. Yameenul Ghamus. They're going to take an oath by Allah, knowing well that it is, that their statement is false. And so Rasulullah was, two people came to him. So one made a claim. Rasulullah said, do you have any witnesses? He says, no, Ya Rasulullah, I don't have witnesses. He said to the other one, uh, are you prepared to take an oath? He said, yes. Allah revealed this verse. When he heard the verse, he said, no, Ya Rasulullah, I will not take the oath. Why? Because it is a very stern warning. You know, it's not light. Allah says, they have no share in the hereafter. Allah will not speak to them. He will not look at them. And he will not purify them, meaning that those sins will not be forgiven. Why? Because they use the name of Allah in order to do injustice. When is you do injustice, this is bad enough. But here you are taking the name of Allah and you are using the name of Allah in order to do your crime. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, gives very stern warning. And so this person, um, the defendant, uh, accepted that the land belonged to the person who made the claim. Also, a hadith of Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that Rasulullah says, Man halafa ala wa fajirun. The person who makes an oath by Allah knowing that he is lying. Muslim. In order to take the wealth of some a, a, a Muslim or a believer. 
غضبان. He will meet Allah on the day of judgment while Allah is in a state of anger with him for this reason because he used the name of Allah. Right? There is also a similar story that um, it happened between um, a Sahabi and a Jewish person who is living in Medina. And it was in relation to an estate. And so the Sahabi came to Rasulullah and said, Ya Rasulullah, this is mine. And the Yahudi says, no, Ya Rasulullah, this is mine. So Rasulullah said to the Sahabi, do you have witnesses? He says, no. So then Rasulullah said to the uh, Yahudi, are you prepared to take an oath by Allah? And so the Sahabi spoke and he said, Ya Rasulullah, he's not Muslim, he's going to lie. And I'm going to lose my estate. And so Allah revealed this verse. That do not worry about, do not concern yourself. Whatever they take in this world is very little in comparison to what a person is going to face, the injustice they are going to face, uh, I mean the punishment they are going to face for their injustice in uh, the hereafter. Also, uh, another hadith of Rasulullah that he said, Man biyaminih. The one who takes what belongs to a Muslim through an oath. Allah has made Jahannam compulsory for that person. There is no, there's no getting away from it. The only, the only way is that a person makes tawbah sincerely with Allah for having taken the name of Allah and an oath by the name of Allah in vain. And he returns what he, was, what he has taken. If a person does not do that, then punishment of hellfire is an obligation uh, or obligatory on that person. And Jannah will be haram for that person. Meaning, it will be haram for him until he enters hellfire. After he enters hellfire and goes through the punishment, it, eventually he will be taken out because he is a believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also a hadith of Abu Dharr radiallahu anhu that Rasulullah said, Thalathatun la yanzurullahu ilayhim yawm al-qiyamah wa la yuzakkihim. Three categories of people. Allah will not look at them with the sight of mercy on the day of judgment. And he will not purify them from their sins. He will not forgive their sins. And they have a uh, severe punishment. And Rasulullah said it three times. Three categories of people whom Allah Taala will not look at with the sight of mercy. He will not purify them. And they have a severe punishment. Three categories of people whom Allah will not look at, will not purify, and they have a severe punishment. Three times in order to gain the attention of people. So he's repeating. So Abu Dharr said, Khabu wa khasiru ya Rasulullah. That these, these people are losers. This is a great loss. Manhum, who are they? He said, Al Musbilu. The one who lowers his garment below his ankles out of pride. Al-Musbilu. Wal-Mannanu. And the one who reminds others of his favors. Right? Mannan is when a person does good to, 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 to somebody and they remind them. Ten years later, twenty years later, every time they have a conversation or every time there is some disagreement. Oh, remember I did this and I did that. Wal-Mannanu. 
وَالْمُنْفِقُ سِلْعَتَهُ بِالْحَلِفِ الْكَاذِبِ And the one who sells his uh, merchandise with false or uh, lying in their oath. And this is, you know, we, we, we have all experienced this, right? At least uh, those of us who have uh, some experience in uh, trading or what have you, that Muslims, very quickly to swear by Allah. Very simple thing. Yeah. Wallahi, I'm not taking... what. Wallahi, I'm not making any profit. This is the very common one. Right? I'm not making, I'm, I'm giving it for the price that I took it. Right? Or you have the other one, Wallahi, it's halal. You go to a store, you say, oh, okay, it says halal. You say, brother, is there a, you have some form of certification? Wallahi, it's halal, brother. And so, you are a Muslim, he takes an oath by Allah, what can you do? You will accept that. You are not, now you are not responsible, but he is. And this is the punishment for that person. Even done once, this is the punishment for that person. In contrast, or uh, Rasulullah says that the truthful businessman will be with the Anbiya and the Siddiqeen on the Day of Judgment. He will be in the company of Anbiya and Shuhada and Siddiqeen. Anbiya and the martyrs. Why? Because it is so difficult to be truthful in in trade. And so the reward is great. The good news is fabulous. And uh, the, the, the warning is also um, grave. And then he, he mentions, uh, after speaking about uh, you know, bringing the verse of the Quran and the ahadith of Rasulullah that make taking an oath uh, by Allah on something that is false, uh, that you know is false, um, is a major sin. And then he says, included in this is taking an oath with other than Allah. This is also a major sin. Yeah. And this is very, very common on my life, on the life of my mother, on the life of my children, right? on the Quran, on the pages of the Quran, on Rasulullah all of this is what? It is not acceptable because Rasulullah said, anyone who is going to take an oath, take it by the name of Allah. You can only take an oath by Allah. That's it. Allah takes an oath by all of his creation. He swears by the sun, by the moon, because he is the creator of these things. And so Allah swears by, by time. He swears by Rasulullah right? by the life of Rasulullah But it's not permissible for a believer to do that. So he gives examples that some people take an oath by the messenger or the Kaaba or angels or the heaven, water, life, trust, amana, ruh, the soul, ras, the head, and so on and so forth. And so Abdullah ibn Umar narrates that Rasulullah says, Inna Allah yanhaakum an tahlifu bi'abaikum. Allah forbids you to take an oath by your forefathers. Perhaps in their culture, this is what they used to do, swear by um, the honor of their forefathers. 
فمن كان حالفا فليحلف بالله وإلا فليصمت. If somebody wants to take an oath, they should only take an oath by Allah or remain silent. Why? Because then it becomes clear who is lying and who is not. Or what are you going to swear by, uh, by the honor of your grandfather who is dead? Uh, some people will use this to, to lie. But nobody is going to, anyone who has very little iman in their heart are not going to do what? Take an oath by Allah when they know that their statement is false. And also, um, another hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Tawaghi is jam' of taghut. Do not swear by idols and your forefathers. And somebody might think that why is Rasulullah I'm telling Sahaba don't swear by idols, they don't believe in idols. And so Imam Zahabi says, uh, you know, often Sahaba were new to Islam. And so they had the, they had the habit of saying, Wallati wal Uzza, swear by Allah, and Al Uzza is figure of speech. They've been saying it all their life. So they don't believe in them anymore, but they might have, you know, a person, Zalatu Lisan. Uh, they might have a slip of a tongue and say, So Rasulullah said, do not, do not do it. Do not swear by the idols and do not swear by your forefathers. Also, Rasulullah said, That um, they make an oath and say, If what I'm saying is not, is not true, then I am not a Muslim. Has anyone heard this? I am not a Muslim if I'm lying in my statement. So Rasulullah says, if a person takes an oath such as this one, فَإِنْ كَانَ كَاذِبًا فَهُوَ كَمَا قَالَ If a person is lying in order to deceive uh, uh, people, and he says, well, if, if, if I'm lying, then I'm not a Muslim, and he is lying, then he's not a Muslim. Easy. That person has to actually come back into Islam by taking shahada. Because Rasulullah said that the person who swears by the idols, even by mistake, should say La ilaha illallah. And so if a person says, if, if this didn't happen, I'm not a Muslim. If he's lying, then he's not a Muslim. Rasulullah said, And if, even if he is truthful, you know, he's trying to show, you know, through emotion and what have you. He's saying, and he's truthful, but he's saying, look, if this didn't really happen, then I'm not a Muslim. And it didn't happen. Then Rasulullah says, he will not return to Islam intact. Meaning that he has hurt his Islam by making this oath. Why? Because a person should only swear by Allah and should not swear by their personal belief. Okay, so this is... Number 25. Number 26 is injustice, volm, in general. And so all of these things that we have mentioned uh, uh, are all a form of injustice. For example, you know, taking, consuming the wealth of the orphan is injustice. We said riba is injustice. We said uh, theft is injustice. And this qat'u tariq is also injustice. But then he categorizes injustice on its own. Why? Because the warnings against it in the Quran, and these are verses that were recited um, in Surah um, 
in, in Isha, in Surah Ibrahim, the closing verses of uh, Surah Ibrahim. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, states, and we'll start with these, uh, Allah Azza says, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ اللَّهَ غَافِلًا عَمَّا يَعْمَلُ الظَّالِمُونَ Do not think that Allah is unaware as to what the wrongdoers are doing, the unjust are doing. Don't think Allah is unaware. Fir'aun did it before for a long time. Right? He did injustice on Bani Israel. Allah allowed him. Not because Allah is unaware. Allah is giving what? Is giving them time and opportunity to do more dhulm so that their punishment is greater and the people who suffer at their hands, their reward is greater. There's a story that um, I think a person uh, was killed by Hajjaj and a, a, a righteous person uh, got to know of it and he said, Ya Allah, your clemency towards the unjust Hajjaj, who was a tyrant ruler, uh, he says your, your, your clemency towards him or your forbearance towards him has caused the death of this person and so much pain. And so when he went to sleep, he saw that the person who was killed was in the highest, highest category of Jannah. And he heard that uh, he heard that my tolerance of the unjust has given the one who was oppressed a high position in Jannah. And so Allah says, don't worry about what is going on in terms of injustice. Yes, you, we have a responsibility to stand with justice. Allah says, this is a requirement of faith. You stand by justice and you fight injustice. We saw the hadith of Rasulullah yesterday that help your Muslim brother, whether he is oppressed or the oppressor. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, if he's oppressed, we can understand helping him. But how do you help the oppressor? He said, stop him from the oppression. That is helping him. And actually the help that you give the oppressor is far greater than the help that you give to the oppressed. Because whatever oppression that person is going through, they are going to be rewarded for it <laughs> in Akhirah. If they are patient and they accept the Qadr of Allah and they have full belief that this person is, has no control over benefit or harm. It is all in the control of Allah. Allah has decided it. And this is where our weakness is. All of us. Illa man rahim Allah. That we attribute things to people. So and so did. And because he did, I am suffering. That's not true. That person is only a means. That situation is only a means. It is Allah who wanted. Allah is the creator of situations. And he places you in whichever situation. So if you accept it, then Allah is going to reward you and elevate you. So Allah says, لا تحسب أن الله غافل عما يعمل الظالمون Do not think, Ya Rasulullah, do not think that Allah is unaware of what the wrongdoers do. إنما يؤخرهم ليوم تشخص فيه الأبصار he only delays them until a day when their eyes will stare in horror. When they see the punishment of Allah for their injustice. Why? Because if every time somebody did injustice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy him, nobody is going to do injustice ever again. Simple, right? But even then Allah has made an example of people who have done, who, who are tyrants and have done injustice too. Uh, to others. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that on the day of Qiyamah when eyes will stare in horror, muhti'ina muqni'i ru'usim, muhti'ina rushing forth, being pushed forward to hellfire. With their heads raised high, la yartaddu ilayhim tarfuhum, not even blinking. You know when you are in a state of fear and you cannot even, you can't even blink. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they will not even blink. وَأَفْئِدَتُهُمْ هَوَىٰ And their hearts hollow. Out of fear when you feel like your, your heart has, is coming out because of that fear. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنذِرِ النَّاسَ يَوْمَ يَأْتِيهُمُ الْعَذَابُ فَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا Warn people of the day when the punishment will overtake the wicked among them, the unjust or the corrupt among them, the wrongdoers among them. And, and they will cry, رَبَّنَا أَخِرْنَا إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ That our Lord delays for a little while. What will we do? نُجِبْ دَعَوَتَكَ We'll answer your call. وَنَتَّبِعُ الرُّسُلِ And we follow the guidance of the messengers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, أَوْلَمْ تَكُونُوا أَقْسَمْتُمْ مِنْ قَبْلُ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ زَوَالٍ Did you not swear before that you are not to perish? That you will be never removed to the next life? And then Allah says, وَسَكَنْتُمْ فِي مَسَاكِنِ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ You passed by the ruins of those uh, destroyed people who had wronged themselves. وَضَرَبْنَا وَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمْ كَيْفَ فَعَلْنَا بِهِمْ It was made clear to you how we dealt with them. وَضَرَبْنَا لَكُمُ الْأَمْثَالِ And we gave you many examples. Meaning Allah has made examples, such as Fir'aun for example. You saw how I made an example out of him. That the, the, the wrongdoers and the people who do injustice are going to, in this world, be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but ultimately are going to face the consequence of their actions in the hereafter. And so he says, the Imam al-Dhabi rahmatullah says that the major sin number 26 is injustice, whether that is taking people's wealth or uh, um, hurting people physically, Right? Beating, murdering, or verbally by insulting them, swearing at them. Right? Uh, this is all considered uh, injustice. And taking advantage of weak people. Right? And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse. إنما السبيل على الذين يظلمون الناس ويبغون في الأرض بغير الحق. This is a a verse in سورة الشورى. And in in prior to this verse, the context is Allah سبحانه وتعالى says فما أوتيتم من شيء فمتاع الحياة الدنيا وزينتها. Whatever you are given of this world, this is all only temporary. Whatever pleasure you have been given. Is no more than a fleeting enjoyment of this worldly life. What is with Allah, the reward, paradise, is better and more eternal. It is better for those who believe and depend on their Lord. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, describes them, the people who will enter paradise. They believe, they depend on Allah. Those who refrain from major sins. Number third, third quality. And shameful deeds. When they become angry, 
they forgive. Remember? Four. They accept the call of their Lord, meaning that they obey their Lord. They offer salah. And they deal with matters through shura, consultation. And they spend from that which we have provided them. And then Allah says, When they are wronged, they stand against that injustice. Right? Those who, when tyranny strikes them, they retaliate in a just manner. But retaliation is only permissible to what? To the extent of the harm that has been done to you. And so Allah says, وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا the reward of an evil deed is its equivalent. If you have been wronged, you are allowed to retaliate. But that doesn't give you the right to retaliate and, you know, a person has given you, you know, hit you once and you... <laughs> right? Because you go to Brother Ismail's class <laughs> and you know how to throw a few kicks and you just <laughs> lay into them. That's not permissible. And so the, the world outside, it's okay because he, that person is the attacker. He threw the first punch. After that, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. That is not in, that's not justice. Allah says the extent of evil should be the same, not, not more. It's equivalent. But then Allah says, but whoever pardons and seeks reconciliation, reconciliation then his reward is with Allah. He certainly does not like the wrongdoers. This is another example of Allah commanding what is good. He says, retaliate in a just manner. But what is better is to forgive. To forgive. Is great. And Allah repeats it again. He says, there is no blame on those who enforce justice after being wronged. You know, if you retaliate justly, Allah says there is no blame. Because you have done what you are entitled to. You have been harmed and you are uh, retaliating. He says, Blame is only on those who wrong people and transgress in the land unjustly. It is they who will suffer a pun painful punishment. And then he repeats, And whoever endures patiently and forgives, surely this is a resolve to aspire to. Especially when a person knows that they can retaliate. One is, you are wrong, then you, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, the person is, <laughs> you know, way stronger than you or more, more influential than you. They've taken your wealth. They've, they've done something and they've hurt you, but you can't do anything. If you accept it, you are patient, Allah will reward you. But when you can retaliate, you have the strength or the influence to retaliate, but you say, no, I leave it up to Allah. Why? Because this eventually will cause what? Again, peace and security. Because every time, every time something happens, the person takes justice and the law in their own hand and they retaliate, then what we are going to have? Anarchy, right? Everybody takes the law in their own hand that society will not be a safe one. 
And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, forgive. And how do you forgive? You have to take that person out of the picture. That is the only way you will forgive. That you, number one, you anticipate reward. The reason we don't forgive is our ego comes into play. Why should I forgive him? Why should I forgive her? They've done me wrong. But you're not doing them a favor, you're doing yourself a favor. In this world, you're going to do yourself a favor because what? All of those ill feelings are removed. Allah Azza wa will fill your heart with contentment because you have forgiven for the sake of Allah. So you not carry this burden with you. Or else the person who has been wronged and they were not able to retaliate and they don't have the strength or ability to retaliate, they carry the burden and they're a victim all the time. Anybody they speak to, oh, look what the people have done to me. And so Allah says, get rid of it. Forgive. You will be at peace. But you can only forgive if you do what? You know that the reward with Allah is going to be great. And the punishment with Allah is also severe. So I do not have to worry. And actually Rasulullah says in a hadith that when a person is wronged and they are capable of retaliation but they don't, then Allah will do it on, on your behalf. But if you do it yourself, then Allah says that's it. That's, you know. the, the famous, we've mentioned this before, the story of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He was uh, sat with somebody and they had, they had an argument and uh, that person was insulting Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr just sat there patiently listening. This person is speaking, speaking. And the Rasulullah is smiling. And then when Abu Bakr anhu said just a few words in retaliation, the Rasulullah stood up and left. So Abu Bakr anhu came running after Rasulullah He said, Ya Rasulullah, this man, you know, all of that time he was saying things to me and you just smiling. And when I rightfully, I said some of what he said to me back to him, you left. He said, I was smiling because there was an angel responding to him when you were silent. But when you spoke, shaitan appeared. Why? Because shaitan is going to use this opportunity to get you to do what? To become unjust as well. And Rasulullah said, when you spoke, then shaitan appeared and I am not to take part in a gathering where there is shaitan. So he did not say that what you did is wrong. You're entitled to. Uh, but uh, I chose to leave. And it's a warning that when you... When you are retaliating, shaitan is there. And he's wanting to do what? To make you go beyond the limits that you are entitled to. Hadith of Rasulullah said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives time to the oppressor. And then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes him, then Allah does not let him go. Right? Example of this is, again, Fir'aun. When he was drowning, he said, oh, I believe. Allah said, it's too late now. It is too late. Also, hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu That whoever has done injustice to his Muslim brother or, or sister, either by attacking their honor or by taking something that belongs to them, let him seek forgiveness today. Coming from halal. To, to rectify that, the wrong that he did. Let him seek forgiveness today before the day of Qiyamah where there is no gold and no silver. Yeah. 
إن كان له عمل صالح أخذ منه بقدر مظلمته If a person has, has any good deeds their good deeds and virtues will be taken from him in accordance or to the extent of his injustice فَإِنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ حَسَنَاتٌ أُخِذَ مِنْ سَيِّئَاتِ صَاحِبِهِ فَحُمِلَ عَلَيْهِ And if uh, this person does not have any good deeds or their good deeds have all been given away, then the sins of the, the person who was oppressed will be placed on the oppressor. And this is also true for non-Muslims. Uh, this does not apply in terms of injustice. Injustice is... Uh, not permissible to Muslim and non-Muslim and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deal justly right? and then a hadith a hadith Qudsi famous that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ibadi inni harramtu dhulma ala nafsi wajjaltuhu baynakum muharraman fala tadhanamu that oh my servants I have made injustice forbidden for myself Allah says what is he saying? I am the all-powerful. If I want to do injustice, I can do injustice. Who's, who's going to retaliate? Who can say anything? In, in Shams al-Duha, he says, Allah says, He destroyed Thamud. Uh, Allah doesn't, doesn't fear retaliation. And so Allah says, despite this power, despite this ability, I have made injustice haram for, for myself. And you are my servants. And so, do not be unjust to one another. I have made it, I have made injustice uh, uh, haram upon myself, and I have made it haram for you. So do not do injustice to one another. Another hadith is that, the famous one, that Rasulullah say, said to Sahaba, do you know who is the penniless, the poor person on the day of Qiyamah? They said, uh, ya uh, no, uh, the, the poor person. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, the person who has no, no gold, no silver, no, nothing valuable. This is a poor person. Asalam said, no. The one who will come on the day of Qiyamah with Salah, Siyam, Hajj and Zakah. Meaning he did the, the, the obligations and they have been accepted by Allah. He did them to a good level. So they were accepted by Allah and he has reward for them. But then people will come and make claim against him. فَيَأْتِي قَدْ شَتَمَ هَذَا He insulted so-and-so. وَقَذَفَ هَذَا And made an attack on some, somebody's honor. وَأَخَذَ مَالَ هَذَا And he took the wealth of so-and-so uh, and the life of so-and-so and he uh, struck uh, or physically hurt so-and-so. And then Rasulullah says that his hasanat and virtues will be taken from him. And then when his virtues will be taken from him, then the, the, the sins of the people he did, he wronged, will be uh, placed on him. And then, فَطُرِحَ عَلَيْهِ ثُمَّ طُرِحَ فِي النَّارِ And then he is placed in, in hellfire. We ask Allah to protect us from uh, injustice. And then he brings some uh, statements of the Salihin. Uh, and some stories about uh, injustice but uh, I think this is enough for today bi-ithnillah ta'ala the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa are very clear the uh, verses of the Quran are very clear um, so we do not need the, um, the stories but it's important that he includes a few categories of injustice that generally people don't 
And we'll, we'll conclude with this. He says, ومن أعظم الظلم المماطلة بحق عليه مع قدرته على الوفاء. One of the great injustices is not repaying your debt when you are capable of doing so. Delaying. It's time to pay your debt. You have it, but you're delaying. He says this is a major injustice. And so this is a major sin. And the hadith of Rasulullah ظلم That the delaying of a person who has the, the ability to repay his debts is an injustice. And so it is a major sin. This is number one he mentions. And he also says That a person, one of the injustice is a person not taking care of the needs of his wife. This is a major injustice. Why? Because she is in a weak position. And so you are not fulfilling your responsibility in terms of you know, providing for her or, or in, uh, you know, food, clothing, shelter, whatever, uh, the, the mahar. And, and so this is a second major injustice um, that he mentions. And the third one, أَنْ يَسْتَعْمِلَ أَجِيرًا أَوْ إِنْسَانًا فِي عَمَلٍ وَلَا يُعْطِيَهُ أُجْرَاتَهُ That a person utilizes someone, employs someone to do some work, and then he does not pay him. Him or her. This is a major injustice. And actually Rasulullah said, uh, he said, three people, I will be their defendant on the day of Qiyamah. Meaning I will stand on their side on the day of Qiyamah. And, and claim against uh, their opponents. أنا خصمهم يوم القيامة. Sorry. Uh, three people I will stand against on the day of judgment. That Rasulullah will stand against three categories of people. رجل أعطى بي ثم غدر. A person who uh, says uh, give me for the sake of Allah I need a loan and then he doesn't repay it back for example. Yeah. This is what a major uh, uh, major sin. ورجل باع حرا فأكل ثمنه. The person who sells a free person as a slave, you know, you abduct a, a person, kidnap a person, and then sell him as a slave. And that person is not a slave; he's free. ورجل استأجر أجيرا فاستوفى منه العمل ولم يعطي أجرته. And the person who employs someone, and the work is done. And then he does not pay him. And this is very common in the Muslim world. In our world. Very common. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from um, these types of injustices. Mm -hmm. That's it. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah.